Yeah. So the weight neutral approach to training. So generally speaking, it just means that you're not focused on the weight on the scale or any kind of like aesthetic focus so that like your weight is kind of irrelevant to the process of training. We're really just focusing on an entirely different goal that is unrelated to your weight. All right, so we are here with my very first guest of 2024, and so I'm really excited to have this conversation. It's something that I think will go uh, go along with a lot of the the emphasis that I have been uh, placing on physical activity lately and and uh, exercise, uh, helping people to get past the fear of exercise and kind of maybe if they had a disordered relationship with it for a while. And now they're ready to kind of put the dip their toes back into it. How can they do that in a way that's going to support their weight neutral approach to health, which is that that approach that I promote. And so I have brought on today Mark Breeden, who is uh, he loves this particular area as well, focusing on non weight related uh, aspects of strength training and those those aspects that are really important to help us build a healthy relationship with uh, with our bodies and with exercise, so it's something we can enjoy. So, without any further ado, uh, welcome, Mark. Yeah, thanks for having me. No, I'm, I'm excited for the conversation. I, I appreciate the work that I've seen you do online and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's always great to have these conversations. I think this is this is an area that uh, probably needs a bit more attention in the intuitive eating non diet space because. A lot of people sometimes are hesitant and they kind of think, well, it's a structured approach to training and and these training goals and that kind of a thing is at odds with intuitive eating because intuitive eating kind of focuses on more of a joyful movement approach and just moving our body for the way it makes us feel. But I think that when people really start to dig into it, as we'll be talking about, they realize that absolutely it's a lot of people do structured training for the purpose of making their body feel good. And so I think we'll be talking about some of that today. So why don't we start off by telling us maybe a little bit about yourself and how you got into working as a as a trainer? Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely didn't start in the weight neutral space. I think most people don't. No. <laughs> um, I, I've yet to meet someone. Yeah, I, I've yet to meet someone who like started weight neutral. Most people are like weight loss transformation coaches and then become weight neutral as kind of part mm-hmm. of the process. And that was me. I was definitely one of those people. So um, I originally got into training myself, um, not for, for, for totally like vanity reasons, like my, um, girlfriend at the time broke up with me and I thought the gym and that bigger biceps would mean a better life. And I focused on aesthetics for like five or so years now of my own training. And even when I became a trainer, I was still pretty weight loss focused, aesthetics focused, things like that. Um, but what I noticed is that when I worked with people, you know, I started, I had my first commercial training gym job. And when I worked with people who were focused on weight loss or body transformations, it's a pretty emotional journey. It's not, um, it's not very fun. The results vary a ton. And like, you've talked about this on the podcast before, where like sustainable weight loss is pretty difficult to do just statistically. Um, I think it's a thing that trainers probably can't promise because um, even the exercise portion of weight loss is not as great as we would like it to be. Like um, just by like, both by my experience and by like the research that I've seen. Um, But I noticed the people I worked with who were focused on getting stronger and getting healthier. 
it's a much more enjoyable journey. Um, there's a lot more wins. You can appreciate the process for what it is. Um, you know, you, your self-esteem doesn't ride or die based on the scale. Um, yeah. and, that, and that was my experience too. When I, I, I did what, you know, for originally, I guess I moved into powerlifting training. That's kind of what got me into training, not about the weight on the scale. Um, and then slowly over time, I became more of more weight neutral focused, both for me and the people that I work with. And I, I just, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it more, but it, it's, it seems to be like a much more enjoyable experience throughout. Um, and it's something that I think doesn't get talked about a lot. There's a good amount of intuitive eating people now, uh, especially in like the nutrition space, but there, there isn't really a lot of weight neutral trainers. Um, yeah. Like I've been online for five years now and I think I know four or five, like something along those lines. Like it's still like training has yet to catch up with that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's an underrated form of training that hopefully we'll see more in the future. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, yeah, that's great to hear your, your story is real similar to mine. And in, in the, you know, as far as starting out with those aesthetic goals and, and then it's, it can be kind of fun at first, you know, you see those changes sure. happening, but the problem is, is that, that over time, things it, it isn't as sustainable and then over time it can get a, a little bit uh just it, it really takes a toll emotionally and mentally when you when you stop noticing those changes and they also begin to become farther and farther apart as far as the, the noticeable changes so you know when you first start out you see those changes right away you know when you go from zero you you have nothing nowhere to go but up and then over time, you start to see less and less of them, and then then you start to start to nitpick more, and uh, that that's some of the my my own experience. And then I start to pick it apart, and then I'm like trying to change up my training because I'm trying to get rid of a certain area of fat or tone something up or in, enlarge something. And so, have you found it to be a, a similar issue? You know, we we often talk about the downfalls and the 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 uh, issues with focusing on weight loss. But also, I think we have some similarities in those who are trying to bulk up or gain muscle as well. Oh, for sure. That same thing. I would say that was my original story. Um, so like for some context, I was 5'9", like 135 in high school. Um, and then by the end of my first degree, because I was the bulk up person on the other mm -hmm. side. So I, I, I think I was 165 at like the end of my first degree. And... I think the idea would be like, well, if I get big and muscular and bulky that like I'll have better self-esteem of myself and you just kind of end up comparing to different people. Um, you're right. Like where you become like more nitpicky over time mm -hmm. and it, it doesn't give you the joy that you think it would give. Um, this is like really common in like the bodybuilding world as well. You know, the people who are straight focused on aesthetics where like, um, tons of mental health issues, even just like, you know, mm -hmm. from bodybuilders I brought on my podcast or like, even just like, it seems like the, you, and you would think like, well, these are the most muscular, most toned people. Like, shouldn't these be like the happiest with their physiques? And the answer is like, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Um, even like really top athletes, like a really nitpicking, like body dysmorphia is very real in that world more than the regular population. Um, and I think like the focus on aesthetics is kind of the wrong focus. Mm -hmm. Um, because it often relies on comparing to other people in a very negative way, as well as like, it doesn't bring the joy that you think it would bring. Because like you said, like, kind of like you become very nitpicky on what you don't have. And then like, you're 
standards change and that like, even though I was 30 pounds heavier than when I started originally training, like it was not, you know, I didn't get to the end of that. And I was like, now I feel good about myself. Like it just, yeah. it didn't work that way. Yeah. Um, I wish it did. That would have been great. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately that was just like not the case. And that, that seems to be the experience of a lot of people who solely focus on aesthetics for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and I think that that leads nicely into kind of this next question, which is what is a weight neutral approach to training then? And, you know, when we're not focusing on aesthetics or size and shape or changes in our body, whether it's getting more muscular, getting leaner, getting thinner, whatever. And, and how does this differ from kind of what other trainers and coaches are doing? Yeah. So the weight neutral approach to training. So generally speaking, it just means that you're not focused on the weight on the scale or any kind of like aesthetic focus so that like your weight is kind of irrelevant to the process of training. So for me, like I don't do, um, I don't ask anybody I work with what their weight is, um, with the exception of if I happen to work with a power lifter, then like I kind of have yeah. to, because I need another weight class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, right. other than that, like, I just don't ask ever. Um, I don't need it to make your training and we don't need to focus on it. There's no before and after photos. There's no body measurements, things like that. Like we're really just focusing on an entirely different goal that is unrelated to your weight. Mm -hmm. And so in my world, people who come to me, like I have a, like I kind of replace weight loss training with strength training um, because I find that if you just focus like as part of weight neutral training, if you just, if your focus is not weight loss, it's not a very successful focus. That's kind of, if anything, mm -hmm. it's like the opposite of a motivation. Yeah. Um, and then I find that if we don't replace it with something that people go from training six days a week, cause they hate themselves cause they're not thin enough to never training at all because mm -hmm. we've removed the motivation they were there in the first place. And that I, I don't want that to be the message. I still want people exercising in like the amount that's right for them, but um, we need to give people like a new focus. And mm -hmm. so in, in my world, I, instead of focusing on the weight on the scale, people focus on getting stronger, both in and out of the gym. Um, that can mean different things, different people. People want to feel healthier. They want to be more active. Um, we can focus on building muscle as well. But when we do that, we don't do it because I want to look a certain way. We do it because having muscle mass is just like a good health thing mm -hmm. and allows you to do what you want to do in life. Like that's kind of the the focus that. So like, if I'm, if we're building muscle, it's not because I want you to like be jacked. It's because I want you to be able to play with your grandkids or like go skiing or like, you know, feel strong because if you have more yeah. muscle mass, like you, you probably will be able to lift more weight, like in most situations. Um, so that's kind of the difference where really we just remove any aspect that relates to your weight. And it, it's just like, it basically, it's not part of the conversation at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's the approach that I take. And I, I always encourage people to do that. And, you know, there's, there's a place for, for that kind of that other focus in certain aspects. But I think what happens is we take elite level Olympic athlete type things and then we, and professional bodybuilders who that's, who are planning to go on stage. And then we apply that mentality and the training and the advice to the average everyday person who just wants to do those things that you were talking about. Feel right. good when they yeah. go out for a hike, when they're playing with their kids or not getting winded, they want to be able to not, not really feel, uh, not have to like seriously plan around to figure out how they're going to navigate a trip to the zoo or something like that. It's like, there's 
like every day to day kinds of things. They want to help their buddies move when asked and, and yeah, not have quality to worry about. of life kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 All that kind of stuff. And I, I think that uh, one of the things that you said there in particular was replacing the weight loss focus and the aesthetic focus, not just taking that out, but actually replacing it with other goals. And I think that that's super important also because I see this in intuitive eating at times where people will back away from the food rules. They'll put that aside. Mm -hmm. They'll focus on uh, unconditional permission to eat, for example. And so they, they, um, they focus on not dieting for a while, which is super important in the early sure. stages, but often they'll find themselves in this, this longer cycle where they're, where it turns into a not diet and they never turn it into intuitive eating where, so they never take it that step to that positive goal and, and those positive things, they kind of get stuck in the the things that they're not for or not doing. And yeah, I think the same could happen. You're rebelling with, against. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that can happen with that physical activity too. If you, if you avoid exercise and never, never then say, Hey, you know what? There are some benefits. What are some things that I could focus on instead? So I loved what you said there about that. Yeah, I think that's, it's an important aspect of it because if someone's going to go into the gym, you know, two, three, four times a week, mm -hmm. um, why are you there? And the answer can't be, well, not the scale, right? Like that's not like, that's not going to get me to take time out of my week to go work out. Like I need something more. Like I need, you know, I, I, I can't, that can't be the reason why I'm going. Um, if anything, it's like the opposite reason. And that's why I like added strength to the process as well, because I think the focus on strength fills that gap really nicely for a lot of people and that the people who go through the strength training process seem to really enjoy it. They seem a lot more fulfilled. It becomes more about like what your body can do mm -hmm. as opposed to like what your body is supposed to look like. And now when you're going into the gym, you're not going in so that you can look small for a wedding as like kind of an example. You're going to the gym because like, well, I want to be able to deadlift my body weight or do my first pull up or like mm -hmm. do something that's cool. Like do something that actually like excites me. Like, Hey, wouldn't it be awesome if I could do this thing? Mm -hmm. Now you're going into the gym almost as like a celebration as what you can do, as opposed to it being like all the things that you hate about yourself. Um, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's, and it, it kind of makes me think of, of one of the areas of physical activity that I'm getting back into. So for a while I was doing ninja and then it started at 52. I started having some issues with my back that were showing up in in spite of not having any kind of an injury. I was just having these weird things show up. And it was it's a pretty jarring sport. And so I decided looks fun though. Yeah. Oh, it's it, it's incredibly fun. <laughs> but I yeah. uh I decided for my long-term health that that probably wasn't gonna be the best thing. So I thought, you know, I'm gonna get back into climbing. I used to do that when I was younger. So I went ahead and joined a climbing gym and started this past week, in fact. And now I have this kind of rejuvenated motivation to go to the gym. I'd really lost that because the ninja stuff was really fun. And I was kind of using the gym as a way to help me to enjoy ninja more. And sure. then when I couldn't do ninja for, a, it's been a few months now, I was having real struggle going to the gym just for the sake of going to the gym or just getting stronger. So that was kind of for me personally. But now that I have this other thing, now I'm, I'm actually excited. I'm going in and I'm saying, okay, well, this is really going to help me enjoy climbing more. 
if I can jump on the stair climber, which it's not something that I really enjoy, but I know that it's going to help me better enjoy the climbing. I won't get so winded when I get to the top or something, that kind of thing. So all yeah, those or, kinds of things are, are uh, it's a very different mindset shift. Yeah. I, I your, your journey reminds me a lot of like runners too, mm -hmm. where like people like runners love to run. Like that's why, you know, they get that runner's high and they don't necessarily get that through strength training, but strength training allows them to continue running injury free. Like that's yeah. kind of the benefit. Like I work with a couple of runners now and like they'll work out, you know, twice a week, 30 to 45 minutes. And for them, um, they like it still, but really it's like, I want to keep my joints strong mm -hmm. so that I can, you know, run these marathons or 10 K or whatever it is, uh, forever. Like that's yeah. kind of like their, um, and, and definitely what I've noticed is that people who don't incorporate any strength training in that world, do, like seem to get injuries at some point and then end up having to do strength training reluctantly, like just cause they're like, now they have to, because yeah. they're like semi injured. Um, where if you take the time beforehand, um, I'm sure that's the same with like climbing and with mm -hmm. like uh, the Ninja Warrior stuff that if you are proactive with it, um, you'll have to do less fixing in the future is like kind of the experience that I've seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you do things that that you don't necessarily enjoy. And I think that's an important part of this, too. And I, I do often bring in some of that that discipline aspect to this that I sometimes think gets left out of some of the non-diet conversations. I think there is a, a time and place for doing things that aren't particularly fun, but we know it's going to be beneficial for us in our, in our own long-term goals. So each of us are different. And you mentioned that with runners, uh, like climbing is another one. I have to make sure that I'm doing things to work on external rotation in my shoulders. I know when I neglect that, I've had shoulder surgery in the last couple of years, and I know that historically, when I neglect that and just kind of focus on lifting, but not so much on that external rotation in particular is one is a big one for me, that my joints in my shoulders tend to start having issues. They get inflamed more easily and stuff like that. And it's really easy to, to leave out those things. And so I sort of somewhat reluctantly in the sense that I don't like doing face poles or different external rotation exercises. They're not particularly fun, but I go ahead and do sure. them because I know that it's going to keep my body functioning well so I can continue to do the things that I want to do. Obviously, if you're not into climbing or running, there's still other things that that you may need to kind of incorporate in there. Uh, do you find that with your clients that there are things that you put in there where you're kind of like, okay, you know, Mary, you need to you need to keep up with this one. You're, you've been kind of letting that one slide a little bit. Remember when you when you let that slide, this is a, kind of that consequence. Do you bring that up in in your approach much? Yeah. So I, I think you're touching on something very important here. So when we talk about people who stick with training, I think there's like a few things that you need. Mm -hmm. And two of those things are people who like their training tend to stick with it easier. Like we talk about discipline oh, yeah. and motivation and all that, but like if you like going to the gym and you like strength training, then it's just like very, like you don't need the discipline. Like you, you're looking right. forward to going. Um, so that makes things like a lot easier. And I think a lot of people in the fitness world are that. Um, when they talk about like the grind or mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, it's like, no, you want to go. Like you're excited to go. You're looking forward. Like that's not discipline. Like that's yeah, not like, exactly. like you're, 
Like that's like uh like there, there's no credit deserved here. Like you want to go, your friends are there, you get the social clout from posting it online. Like they, they you want to go. Like so they, yeah. I, I I always thought that was like, kind of silly. Yeah, not many um, people need now, much discipline to eat pizza regularly and that kind of a thing. Right? Yeah, yeah like I'm not disciplined. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, now for people who don't like the training or don't like certain aspects of the training, which is kind of what you're talking about. I think it's important to have a good enough why or like, mm-hmm. what is the reason that you're there? Like in your case, it sounds like the climbing and the ninja stuff matters to you enough to do the things that you don't want to do. And I mm-hmm. think people need to figure out what that is and kind of like not focus on necessarily their emotions, but focus on their values. Um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, I think is like, that's, and that's maybe you have to sit down with a pen and paper and figure that out, like, which is totally fair. But if you figure out what that is, values are going to allow you to be like a lot more consistent where I don't really like doing face pulls, mm-hmm. but like climbing is really important to me because of X, Y, Z reason. So I get them done anyways, because it's like a core value of mine. Um, and I think for a lot of people, when I'm helping them with strength training, I'm really helping them to be more confident, both in and out of the gym. I'm helping them to live a healthier life, a better quality of life, um, allowing them to do the things that they love to do in life. And that ends up being like a value trait that moves Mm -hmm. them forward. So if there's exercises they don't like doing, um, the value kind of kicks in and allows them to kind of push through. And I think when we're not motivated to do something, it is usually a combination of not fun and doesn't really matter to us deep down. Yeah. Like that's kind of the, and I think that you need to find that thing. And that's why for strength training, like I don't tell people what their goals are. They need to tell me what their goals are. Yeah. And then we really figure out like, okay, you want to be healthy or you want to deadlift your body weight. But what does that like actually mean? Deadlifting your body weight actually means like, well, now I'm strong and confident and I accomplish something. And that's like the value. Um, And then, kind of like making the training focused on values as opposed to like, what are your favorite exercises? Um, I think goes a long way. I still try to make the programs where they like actually enjoy it because I oh, think yeah. if it's, you know, if I give you six exercises that you just hate, <laughs> like at some yeah. point you're just going to like not do it or like, right. you know, cause I, I want, I, people only have so much willpower. I I'm mm-hmm. the same, you know, there's exercises I don't like. And if my whole program was those exercises, then like, I also wouldn't get it done. So I don't even, I'm not even like judging for that. Yeah. But like, so I think we need, <laughs> we need, we need a combination of you actually like the training um, and you're doing training that matters to you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I think that's, that leads us into kind of this next question that I had that I wanted to talk about, which, which was the differences between someone who like works out, kind of put that in quotes and someone who trains. And we often hear, about working out, going to the gym. And then we also often hear the term training. Do you see a difference mm-hmm. in that mentality? And uh, I know I know, I do, and and I'll kind of let you talk and then I'll kind of share some of my thoughts too. But uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on the, the, the terminology and maybe the, more importantly, really the attitude and, and mindset behind those, those two approaches? Yeah, so when I picture between working out and training, I think for me, working out is when you have like a non-objective goal as opposed to an objective goal. And so like what I mean by that is like, so me and my fiance went for a hike last week. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're not, we're not going on a hike to be like the best hikers. Like it's just like something that we enjoy doing. Like Mm -hmm. we just wanted the exercise and the fresh air, but there's no like long-term objective goal that exists there. Like, so I would say that was like working out Mm -hmm. training 
in my eyes is something that has like a specific reason. Like I am doing these squats because I want strong legs and squats bring me to like, it has a much more like direct focus to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when we're talking about training long-term, cause I think like, you know, in terms of like which one works best for you, I think that kind of depends on like how, objective or subjective your goal is so like if your goal is like i just want to be healthier and more active then like there's a lot of options that exist there oh yeah i I would just pick i would just pick the ones that you enjoy the most at that point Mm -hmm. like just to lower the willpower needed to do them if the goal is i want to be stronger so i can be healthier or i want to be able to do my first pull-up or something that's like a little bit more like we can kind of quantify this i think you need to like actually train Mm -hmm. Um, because if i want to get my first pull-up but I really like yoga. Yoga is not going to get right. me there. Like that's kind of the, like at the end of the day, like you can do all the yoga you want. Like, and then like we can keep doing yoga too. But if, if you actually have like a, a thing you want to accomplish in like three months, six months, a year, whatever that might be, like we need to train and training is much more like structured and specific because we're trying to teach your body how to be strong in a certain way, mm-hmm. as opposed to like working out, which is you are doing it because you enjoy it or you're doing it for, you know, feeling better, things like things that are like more subjective, both are fine by the way, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, depending on like what your focus is, you're going to need, like you might need to train or you might need to work out depending on like what you want to focus on, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. And that's, I think that that's one of the things that in the fitness world and in fitness circles that, can be a problem, especially with guys, is that it's always, you always hear this mindset of you shouldn't be just working out, you need to be training. And there's almost this, this strong, well, not almost, there is this strong emphasis on you need to be training and disciplined and following the strict program and, and doing like optimizing everything. And um, where the value in just moving more and enjoying it. Like if you want to go to the gym and randomly show up at the gym and just lift random weights for 30 or 45 minutes, three or four times a week with no plan and no progression, no, no guided progression or anything like that. And you enjoy that. That's going to get you tons and tons of health benefits. Now, is that going to, you know, help you get that first pull up? Is that going to help you run a 5k or a 10k? Is that going to help you uh, improve your some particular like you're climbing or something like that well it may to an extent but it there'll be a you'll definitely hit a point where it's not really contributing to that anymore and so i think that that's that's another important area of that that whole conversation is that it's totally okay to not train and to not have goals that are real specific if if that again coming back to those values that we talked about but again too still taking that weight neutral approach, uh, an intuitive eating approach where we're viewing movement from the perspective of how does it make our body feel? We can still incorporate a structured training program in that uh, if if we have goals that kind of require that. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think when we talk about structured as well, I don't think we need to be perfect in that structure. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of fitness conversations online about like optimizing things like that. If you're new yeah. to lifting, what you like really need is um, some level of consistency and consistency mm-hmm. doesn't mean perfect, but like you're making most of your workouts and okay, you know, you can miss some and you'll still be fine, but like you're, con- you're consistent. 
Um, as well as like you need some kind of plan on the strength mm-hmm. training world. Now that doesn't mean you have to follow the plan perfectly or have days where you don't feel like using the plan. But what, what I've noticed is for people who stick around with training is when they're too subjective, it can be harder to stick around because mm-hmm. your, your motivation to be there is like kind of low where if you have like a real reason that matters to you for why you're going into the gym and you have like a plan helping you towards that and you're improving towards the plan. I think that helps as well. Is that like, if you've been there for three months and you see actual results, it like validates why you're there in the first place. Um, so I, I think people shouldn't be afraid of having a structured plan, but they should be okay with being flexible about it. Yeah. Um, because plans can still help you stick around to training, enjoy training you can see where your progress is made. Whereas like if I, you know, month one, we were dumbbell rowing 10 pounds, let's say, and we're on month four now, and now you're dumbbell rowing thirties or forties. You can kind of see like, Oh, this is worth it. Like I'm able to, and I can only see that though, with some kind of structure that exists. Like I'd have to be able to Mm -hmm. look back, look back at a previous exercise compared to the exercising now and actually see that I'm making that progress. So I, I don't want people to be afraid of something structured. Um, but I think people need to be okay with not being perfect with the plan and being flexible with it over time, because it's just been my experience that mm-hmm. people who have some kind of structure tend to stick around with training more, enjoy training more, get more out of training than people who maybe are flexible to the point of does the gym actually matter? And there's kind of like a fine line there. And everyone's got to pick, like for some people, they're going to need a more objective goal. Like I know there's some people I've worked with who, if they have no goal, they just like don't go work out. Um, I would be one of those people. Like I'm an example of that where I like need like, okay, why am I here? Like it has to actually make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's some people who can thrive on like a, a more broad subjective goal. And if that works for them, that's awesome. Um, but I think it still needs to be somewhat defined. If mm-hmm. that makes, does it, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, um, so I, like I don't, that. I don't, I don't, I don't want people to be afraid of a plan because a plan yeah. doesn't mean you are going to fail or that you have to stick to it a hundred percent. Like it's just, but plans do seem to help people stick with the gym. Yeah, totally agree. And I, I kind of set that up in that way and asking that question that way. Cause I, I do see that as, you know, everybody's a little bit different, but, uh, but there are a lot of there are a lot of people who are very goal oriented and then there are a lot of people who are just kind of moderately goal oriented and and yeah it's it it really can help to to have some kind of a basic plan in place knowing where you're going why you're, why you're going um a vague kind of a i just want to feel better some people that works out fine and if that is you and you're you're thinking well you know, I need a, I need a structured plan, but I don't really want that. Hey, that's totally fine. You can go at it from that approach. But in general, I do like to, and that's why I encourage people when they are following a plan to some degree that they uh, track their progress with those mm-hmm. lifts and stuff to an extent. Now, there's lots of different ways you can track that, whether it's more journaling about it or or the details. And um, you know, in in the app that I have, that I give a couple of different ways of of tracking workouts and stuff like that. And I, I know for me personally, I find that when I'm able to go back and see that exactly what you were saying there, I was doing rows with this amount of weight, uh, three months ago. I don't, I don't know how much progress I've been making, you know, you, you kind of get down on yourself sometimes at times, you're like, 
am I really making that much progress? And you go back and you look and you're like, oh, well, yeah, look at this. I've doubled my weight or the amount of weight that I lifted and I'm not sore anymore. So maybe you wrote down some journal notes like that and, and how sore you were and now you're not and and you're yeah. seeing that progress. And that can be very motivating for, for a lot of us because I think that's something that's intrinsic in humans is that desire to accomplish things, to do things, to work. I mean, work is something that you know, we're often like, oh, I got to go to work. But in general, I think having a an attitude where we where we're involved in creating things, building things, accomplishing things. I think that that is part of what makes a, a at the core of us as human beings. It really drives us and gives us fulfillment. Yeah, and we want the work to be worth it. I think as well because I think I can understand if someone like they go to the gym for three months, they don't see the changes they wanted to see. That it makes it harder to like. Well, I should can I should go another three months. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're seeing progress, even if it's like mild to moderate, it kind of validates the work in the first place. Because if if we're asking people to go to the gym three times a week for 45 minutes every week, with you know most consistency. And they don't see progress, then like it's kind of understandable why they wouldn't stick around with it. So I think having a plan really helps you notice the changes that you've improved on. Or if you do feel bad about yourself, you can look back and be like, oh, yeah, I have made progress and then feel better about the journey. Um, and truly, just with like plans, people just get better results where random workouts don't make you as strong as you would want to be. Um, it like the plateau happens pretty early. Mm-hmm. And if you're a person, I have seen people who work with me, who will work with me for, you know, three months, four months, whatever it might be. And they'll get more progress than they did in a year of random workouts. Yeah. And I, th- I think part of that too, is because when we're in the gym, we're, we're really like building a skill, um, and the skill of strength training and the technique and the form that comes with it. But if like, kind of like with any skill, it requires repetition. Like, how do you get better at public speaking is that you public speak a lot or like you get better at writing. Like you have to write a lot. Like it's similar movements over and over again. And strength training is the same where it doesn't mean it never changes. I I tend to work with people in like four to five week blocks at a time. um, And then we'll switch to the programming then. Mm -hmm. But if your workouts always change, it's kind of like you're always stuck on day one and you never actually see the progress that you want to see. And it's also hard to tell if you're getting stronger, where if like, if I did dumbbell rows on week one and I never, I don't get back to them until like month three or something like that. One, I probably haven't improved because I haven't worked on the skill or even if I have, it's kind of hard to tell, you know, it's kind of Mm -hmm. hard to like, did I improve or like, you know, yeah. And so I think this is, I'm a big fan of doing some kind of tracking. Mm -hmm. Um, I think as detailed as, make sense for you um, because I just think you'll get more out of the experience than you would um, by just like doing random workouts for six months and then like kind of seeing how you feel and then, and then going from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot so. of sense. And uh, I always encourage people to kind of stick with that. If that's what they're, you know, if they're, they're really wanting to build strength as, uh, as a, that's even somewhat of a yeah. vague goal, but it's it's specific enough. And there are certain things that will help you build strength in a way that you can objectively say, okay, I have built some strength. But yeah, those those uh bouncing around from thing to thing is one where it, it can be difficult. And so you're like, well, I I rode, I don't know, did I row 30 last time? Or did I yeah, do yeah. I don't know. I just <laughs> and it makes the journey as a whole 
more worth mm-hmm. it as opposed to it being about the one workout um, where if you, again, like if you see that progress six months later, you're stronger, daily tasks get easier, you know, like you're, you're able to do things in and out of the gym that you couldn't do before. And you're able mm-hmm. to kind of keep track of those. It just helps make the experience, in my opinion, it helps make the experience a lot more enjoyable. Um, I sometimes worry that people are afraid to track because it would be like keeping track of your failure in like their mm-hmm. eyes potentially where they're worried if they keep, if they keep themselves accountable via program that if they fail, it'll make the failure even worse. Um, this isn't everybody, but this is just like yeah. a theory I have. I think people shouldn't look at the training that way. Um, if you are, especially if you're new to lifting, I think this is like, especially important. If you're new to lifting and you're keeping track and doing regular workouts and you're consistent, like you almost for sure will get stronger. Like mm-hmm. this is like, um, actually new lifters progress faster than experienced lifters. Um, right. It's like a, Honestly, I'm jealous at this point because I'm like 12 years in. So I have to work really hard to make like any kind of result at this point in terms of strength. Um, but like the new lifters, like I, I have people I work with who go from never lifting in their life to like deadlifting their body weight in three months. Like, yeah. you know, or like deadlifting 200 pounds in six months, like that kind of, you know, like, they, like yeah. it's awesome. Like they're always getting like, every month is a dream. Like it's, like it's the best. Then, then you have to um, remind them that you're not going to add a hundred pounds to your deadlift every year. <laughs> yeah. It's not, you're not going to do double next year. Like that's kind yeah. of the, and I, you know, it's, it's honestly, it's a really cool time. It also makes strength training easier to stick with because mm-hmm. like, it's so obvious you're getting stronger. Like, that's like, like, like you don't need me to tell you you're getting stronger. Like you were using pens and now you're using the forties, like even you, like the numbers of the numbers, like, it's not like it's, you know, having something like the, the, the weights keep track of your progress for you, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, and I find with aesthetics can, that can be harder to tell, like, do I look better than I looked before? It's kind of a subjective thing. It's completely subjective. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, did I lose weight where I wanted to, or did I lose it somewhere else? Like, do I, am I getting closer to the look that I ideally want? Like, this is all kind of subjective. And also like, I I would say people are pretty bad at actually like knowing what they look like, especially if they come from like a disordered eating or body dysmorphia. Like, I I don't think those people can like objectively tell if they're looking better in most cases. Um, And I, so for me, like, it just seems like it's like a bad scale. Um, but lifting weights is like, well, like, you don't, you don't need me to tell you you're getting better. Like you can just like, look at the program. Like you can yeah. just like, like you're, you know, like the number, like the not like 40 is a bigger number than 20. Like that's how you know yeah. you're getting stronger. <laughs> like that's the, exactly. um, so, so it's a, it's a lot easier, um, to see if the training is worth it. So that, that's kind of like one of the reasons why I focus on strength as opposed to, you know, weight loss, fat loss, body transformation, whatever you want to call it. Like we're changing Mm -hmm. your aesthetic. Um, Changing your aesthetic is like incredibly subjective. Um, And strength for the most part pretty much isn't. Like it's kind of like you can really tell when you're getting stronger. Um, A common win I hear all the time is being able to carry all your groceries at once. Uh-huh. is like a big one. I've heard that one before, like being able to pick up your kid. And now it's like, it was difficult at first. And like, now it's easy. Now you just pick them up and like, you're like, Oh, like this is cool. Like I didn't, I wasn't able to do this before. Like, you know, kind yeah. of those quality of life things that I think are less flashy and don't always make like your social media feed. But you know, I, I had a 
lifter I'm working with who just told me like, I can move my patio furniture easier than I could before. Like just like wins like that. Like, you know, that, that used to be like a tough task that would really take it out take, you know, I would, I would be so tired afterwards. And now I can just, I can just do it. Like no issues. I don't need help from the husband. Like I can just go in and like, and I you know that's awesome. Like those are things that I think don't get talked about enough, but like, those are the big quality of life changes that, um, are underrated. Like don't, don't get, we should talk about them more. Yeah. Well, and strength training doesn't just make you stronger, like to lift heavier weights. It it does so much more for, for your health and well-being. It can improve oh, sure. your, you know, so you have somebody who is saying, well, I need to lose weight because I have, I'm pre-diabetic or I have type two diabetes. And my doctor says I need to lose weight. And I often will talk to people. I mean, that's a real common one that comes up. I'll say, you know, strength training, something that you actually have a lot more control over. That's a whole lot more fun than dieting that a couple of days of strength training each week will also improve your blood glucose regulation and improve your insulin sensitivity, sure. regardless of whether you lose weight or not. So I, I think that those are, those are some other cool things that I think a lot of people just don't know about that. Uh, the, the, those benefits of it too. It, yes, it builds strong bones. I think a lot of people know, you know, it helps with yeah, yeah. having strong bones. And of course, lifting heavier things means that you're, there's some functionality issues with life that are going to be easier, but there's so many just general health benefits to it too. Um, and, and, and so that can be another motivating factor also, I think. Yeah. I think, I think you mentioning type two diabetes is actually like a really good one. Um, this is also why I mentioned I'm building muscle mass as well, is that like, so this is not like a hard rule, but and generally, as people build muscle mass, they tend to be better at regulating blood glucose. Like just uh -huh. in terms, there's there's even like a studies you can read that like the more muscle you have, the less likely you are to be diabetic, like things like that. Like just because like having muscle mass allows you to monitor that easier. Um, and strength training as the process is because it's utilizes glycogen or glucose in your system that like you're able to regulate it better and that like people who strength train tend to have a better handle on that so either mm -hmm. it prevents you from being diabetic or if you are diabetic it helps you regulate that more um as a disclaimer it is not like a end-all exactly i'm not saying we're going to cure diabetes here just to be <laughs> right. clear before anybody sends me a message and tells me i'm terrible for saying strength training cures diabetes it just helps monitor it it just helps mm -hmm. like regulate it and also like the type of strength training that helps monitor it doesn't necessarily have to be you know super heavy weights to start off with right. or like it doesn't have to be like even just like three times a week for 30 minutes with dumbbells at home seems to mm -hmm. really help that um, and you can just manage it better, less side effects, you know, stuff like that. Um, and again, this is one of those like less flashy rewards than like, if you go on your social media feed and you see like a woman deadlifting three thirty, that it's like, it, it's less flashy than that. But I, I think that this kind of goal really improves people's quality of life in a way that is underrated, um, that I wish was talked about more. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because we do, we tend to focus on those, those well, weight loss, size and shape, and changes and appearance seem to be mm -hmm. the focal point of so much of it. And even if even strength training tends to focus on a certain on improving your appearance and that kind of you know. So again, yeah. it takes it back to the the aesthetic goals when there's so much more, uh, so much more benefit that we can get, whether it's psychological, emotional. Uh, you know, just general physical well-being, all kinds of benefits to it. Uh, so what would you say are some of your, 
your favorite exercises that you like to use with people? Maybe just a few general principles that you like it. Maybe for, let's focus on people just starting out that, that are like, I, I think strength training sounds cool. I don't even know where to start. What, what are some exercises that might help me get going? Yeah. So I think for someone who's just starting out, I'm going to assume like no complications or injuries or things like that, otherwise that would like change. (laughs) Um, I think people should start doing some kind of deadlifting. I would say like a Romanian deadlift with dumbbells can be a good place to start. Yeah, I Um, I think, and then, yeah. And then kind of building up towards deadlifting more and more weight. Um, It's very full body in most people. It is the exercise they can lift the most weight with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of fun where like when you yeah. want to talk about like how strong you are, it's like, well, deadlifts, it's like, I can deadlift this much weight is often like a common response. And you can start with dumbbells, not deadlifting from the floor and kind of work your way down. And then, you know, I have people who will start with dumbbells and then we'll do something like a block pull, which is like, you're using a bar, but you're like raising the bar height to kind of learn how to mm-hmm. use the bar properly. And then we kind of lower you to the ground over time. So we kind of ease you into deadlifting from the ground, deadlifting to the ground. So I think deadlifting is a really beneficial one, both for like health reasons, as well as like really shows you how strong you are. Mm-hmm. I think that is, so I, that tends to be one that I use a lot with a lot of new lifters. Um, I think squats are a big one as well. I think a common goal I hear is they want to get their first pull-up. So some kind of pull-up variation, mm-hmm. I think for a new lifter, something like an inverted row, which you can do with a Smith machine, squat rack, or a TRX band, are, is a nice like beginner intro to learning how to like pull your body weight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm trying to think of like, those are like very common ones that I use. Usually I'll use like a goblet squat, which is like you're squatting, but you have yeah. like a dumbbell in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like you're holding it at your chest. And that's kind of like a nice way to learn the squat movement um, in a way that isn't too challenging and you can make it kind of as easy, you know, you can just put five pounds on and then you can learn the movement. And then as you become more comfortable with the movement, you can add more weight. So I would say that's a common one that I use. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think upper body wise. I think when, when people, because people come to me because they want to feel stronger. And I think what usually makes people feel stronger is a strong deadlift, a strong squat, and um, strong at pull-ups. And I would say also just like upper body, like if you can learn to upper body, do more upper body than you thought you could before, I think that's a big one. Um, I think especially for women that I've worked with where I, I hear this a lot and I'm generalizing of course, but that they feel like their legs are strong but their upper body is weak. That's mm-hmm. like a common concern that I hear a lot. Um, and if, but if they can learn to teach themselves to have a strong upper body, that's like a huge win because it's kind of like you're overcoming like what you thought of like as a life obstacle. Right. So if you're like, if you were overhead pressing five pounds and now you're doing thirties, like now it's like, like, that's a cool day. Like that's like a cool, because you never thought that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I think like if you, if you're insecure about upper body strength and you can overcome that, that's just like a cool journey. Like mm-hmm. that's just like a fun underrated part of the, the, the process. Um, yeah. Is that enough exercises? I feel oh like yeah. I yeah. I just, um, okay. would, yeah, <laughs> I think that sometimes people don't know what, what exercises they're supposed to do. And one thing that, that I noticed in all of those that you mentioned is that they're what we call those compound exercises or movements that, 
that involve multiple muscle groups at one time. So we're not talking about like bicep curls or right. little uh, tricep extensions or some of the things that you'll see on or like kickbacks, you know, where you're where you with your dumbbells isolation that, stuff. Yeah, yeah, where you're isolating a single muscle group and you often see those targeted off. Often I see those as being the things targeted at women, which I think is unfortunate because that that's just I think it just perpetuates that mentality of, I, you know, don't get yeah. too bulky and you want to just lift real light. And when in reality, I, you're going to get the most benefit from using those things that are hitting multiple muscles at one time. I, I agree, especially from a health standpoint. I also think the reason those are targeted um, is because people want to lose fat in a certain area. Yes. And so they're kind of told that, well, if you do this arm exercise, then you'll like tone your arms. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I want to just briefly explain like why that's a myth. Um, because when we're talking about really lifting in general, regardless of your goal, the fat around that area is basically uninvolved in the movement. Like it's not helping, like it's, it's just there. Like, um, I'll, I'll try and use a metaphor here where like, I'm going to pick up a cup. Okay. And I'm like wearing a sweater. Did the sweater help me pick up the cup? No. Right. Like the sweater's there, but it's in like, in like your fat around that area is kind of the same where you're working the muscle there. You can increase the muscle size and strength, um, by doing that exercise. But in terms of like targeting the fat in that area where people lose fat is basically genetic. Um, mm -hmm. it's, you know, we, we would all love to be able to pick our least favorite body part and just say like, let's tone that up. I'm sure we would, you know, you're great. Like if someone ever invents that, they'll be a billionaire. But unfortunately there's just in terms of like targeting muscle mass by a certain exercise, it's just not a thing, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of fitness content kind of pretends that it is. Um, but there's really no such thing as like a toning exercise when we're talking about strength training. You can increase the muscle size, decrease it. You can increase the strength of that muscle. But in terms of like removing the fat in that area, mm -hmm. that's going to be heavily genetic if it even happens. Um, so I don't want people falling for that myth, which is very, very common online. I see a lot of posts that are like, do these five exercises to like tone your belly, like burn belly fat or like whatever. And like, it's just, they're just all wrong, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that genetic component I think is so important, and that's something that we're, uh, for, when taking a weight-neutral approach to health and and well-being and fitness and nutrition and all of these things, it's something I'm always emphasizing to people is that there's such a genetic component, and you know, you kind of uh -huh. mentioned the the you don't really have control over where the fat disappears from or accumulates. Um, yeah. you know, jokingly, my my wife kind of gave me a hard time when I did one of those transformation challenges back. A uh, number of years, probably 10 years ago, bodybuilding.com thing where you basically you start, everybody starves themselves for 12 weeks and see who gets yeah. But 1200 calories I, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I lose my fat first in my face. And I already, if, mm. you know, as you can see, I'm, I have a pretty slim, lean face. And so I often start getting really lean in my face more so. And so, um, you know, I've heard women say the thing, you know, losing losing fat and it all is coming out of my boobs first you know that kind of a thing and it's, yeah, I don't sure. want it to yeah, yeah so you know you get these things and i think that that's uh you know not to talk about too much on the, the fat loss thing itself but the changes that occur in our body often are 
are things that are so genetic, like what you're talking about, whether we end up getting smaller or more muscular or less muscular or where the fat distrib distribution changes. And that's why those the, that emphasis on aesthetics can be somewhat of a futile pursuit for most people. And, and I think that just kind of underscores why it's why taking a weight neutral approach is probably really going to be the best way to go about it for the majority of, of people out there. Yeah. I, I think I really like the weight neutral approach. It's very fulfilling mm -hmm. um, for a lot of people. And I think it's almost kind of a break for a lot of people who so much of their, you know, if you do care about the weight on the scale or aesthetics, so much of your life is focused on fixing that mm -hmm. um, almost to the point where it gets kind of exhausting. Yeah. And I think it's nice to have a space in your life where, okay, you know what, like for this 45 minutes, I'm not, you know, this isn't about me losing weight or looking a certain way, or I don't look a certain way that this is just going to be about me. Like, what can my body do? What can my body accomplish? Like it's all about positive stuff as opposed to negative. And I think for people who still care, I think that's valid by the way. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, yeah, you know, like I, I, I totally respect that. Like I'm, out of the norm, um, that like most people who've like hired a coach are doing it for like fat loss, weight loss reasons. Um, and that like, I'm kind of in a unique niche. So I, you know, mm -hmm. I always try to acknowledge that. Um, but I think if you can create more weight neutral aspects to your training, I think it'll help a lot yeah. where if you're, if, okay, so train for the weight on the scale, if that's what you think is right for you, but then like add other things that aren't like, I want to feel better, or I want to be stronger in this exercise. And it'll just make the journey more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So even if you do care and if you care, that's like valid and understandable and honestly yeah. the norm. Um, but if you could add more things. I think you're going to have a, you're going to enjoy training more. It's going to be easier to stick with. It's going to be easier to be consistent. And then, you know, if the weight doesn't change the way you want it to change, you still have reasons to go to the gym that you enjoy that are, that'll just make it, you'll, you'll just like it better. And I mm -hmm. think it, you, we kind of talked about earlier that like, we can always talk about discipline and willpower and all those kind of things, but um, people stick with training. They enjoy at like the end of the day. Um, yeah. and if you can make, if you can add things in to make it more enjoyable, then like, that's just going to make your life better and less annoying as part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. I love that additive approach. And, and, you know, when you add things in that also gives you more things to look at, to celebrate too. So if you're always, if you're only focused on amount of body fat uh, size or what the scale number is, if that's your primary focus, you're missing out on so many other things that you could be focusing on. So, you know, again, if you're like you were saying, I'm kind of the same way. If somebody wants to do that, more power to them. That's that's their business. It's if they want to focus on on changing the size or appearance of their body. But if that's a sole focus, you would really do yourself a favor by adding in some of those those things that you were talking about there to just give you more more things to celebrate when and when one area is maybe not changing for a while you still have this other one hey i'm getting stronger you know i don't have yeah. to feel bad about myself because i'm the scale isn't changing anymore i'm actually getting stronger and so that's something to kind of take your mind off of that and kind of redirect the that uh to another place so yeah it just makes it better honestly yeah. i think it just makes it like and especially because like weight fluctuates even when you are successful mm -hmm. it's a very long emotional journey um i think if you talk to people who their sole goal is weight loss um doesn't seem like it's a fun time for no. those people. Like it seems very <laughs> tough. Yeah. And I think that makes it easier. And then if the weight doesn't show you what you want it to, 
I can be like, why am I even doing any of this? Mm -hmm. You know, and like, that's very, very, it's, it's tough to stick with. Um, and like, like you said, like earlier where the success of weight loss is pretty low as of right now, like maybe in the future, they'll come out with some intervention that is more successful. But as of right now, like, um, seems like weight maintenance seems to be like the big challenge where like people can lose weight. It's whether they can like keep it off. is right. like a very, very, like that's mm -hmm. the real uphill battle. It is. Um, now strength training, just to give a pro on that column. Um, what's nice about strength training is that if you get to a certain level, it's actually pretty easy to keep. Like if I move you up to like a 200 pound deadlift and you start, you keep deadlifting, but you deadlift less. Like you tend to keep that strength pretty easily yeah. as long as it's like somewhat part of your program, which is cool. Mm -hmm. So like you can, yes. um, so you don't have to like, it's like, Oh, I haven't, you know, it, it's easier to keep around or maintain as opposed to weight loss where it's kind of like, you can do the crash diet. The crash diet will work. Um, but then you go back to regular eating and then you gain it all back anyways. And then yeah, you take sucks. your foot off the so gas like just a little and it goes right yeah, back. Yeah. And then it just comes back anyways. And that's, and that's, that's hard. Um, yeah. like I've, I've seen, you know, cause I've been online for five years now and I've seen like, this is, this is like the journey and I'm not like judging anybody if this is your journey, but I like, I, this is what I've seen many times. Someone goes on a weight loss journey and they're like successful. They lose 40, 50 pounds, whatever it might be. They get really excited about it. They post about it more. They might make like a Fitspo page or something along those lines. Um, so that's like the good part. They start to gain the weight back a little bit and they start to almost become like ashamed of their content mm -hmm. and they'll start posting less or they'll be like, well, this is, this is a, this is a, this is a speed bump. Like, this is just like, this is whatever this is part of the process, but then they, they, they keep gaining it back and they get back to where they used to be. And there's like a lot of shame that comes there where, mm -hmm. cause you, you kind of made your journey your whole life and now you feel like a failure or feel like you're letting people down. And like, again, like if this has happened to you, like, you know, my, my, you know, like I've, I've seen it happen. Like it's very yeah. common, but when we look at weight loss journeys, that's kind of the norm. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of the noise that like in, in, you know, most cases you lose the weight and you bring it, it comes back. Um, so I don't want the person feeling bad, but I've, I've, I've seen it many times. It always like crushes me whenever yeah. I see it. Cause it always starts off like, look at this thing that I did. Isn't this amazing? And then you post about it. And so it's public. And then like, then when you gain the weight back, there starts to, yeah. anyways, it's like a whole thing. Yeah. I feel it's, it's tough. Um, I feel bad for people where that, that happens, that happens. And you know, like, but it, it's, I've seen it many times in like the time I've been online. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's just yeah. uh, kind of underscores that the importance of maybe rethinking the approach that you're taking. So, you know, you you mentioned some of those exercises and deadlift in particular just reminded me. And as we're wrapping this up, you know, some of those exercises people can benefit tremendously by learning from someone who knows what they're talking about, whether it's in an online capacity, because we can we can do a lot of work with people coaching uh, via. Uh, via an online relationship. You don't necessarily need someone in person. Of course, if you have the beans and the availability and have a an in-person person that you like, that that can really help. And so um, I think that, that for people just starting out, if you do have the means, it could be very beneficial to work with a, a coach in a one-on-one -on -one capacity to to learn the basics. Cause as you know, as Mark was talking about, lifting weights is a skill. It's not, it's not something that you just go start doing and 
it's something that you when every when all of us when we start off lifting we suck <laughs> we're terrible at yeah it. oh for we, sure we go yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely we're awkward we're doing it wrong we're hurting ourselves we're all of these things and if you can prevent that then that can be a great thing so why don't you tell us where people can learn more about you follow your uh, content online uh, and even work with you in a one-on-one capacity if if um if that's a good fit for them yeah, for sure. I, I, I definitely want to touch on one thing you said is like, you definitely don't have to be perfect at the beginning. Yep. No one was. Um, it is the skill you build over time. So mm-hmm. if you, you know, train for a couple of weeks and you don't have the form down, like that's fine and part of the process and you don't need to crush it right out of the gate. Um, I think it's also one of the challenges with strength training over mm-hmm. other aspects is because it's a skill it's where I, I can go on the treadmill and I can run right away. Right. Or like, I, I don't need like a teacher necessarily to at least start mm-hmm. um, where strength training, you have to like learn all the movements. You have to learn like, like how they work and what muscle is training this. And so there's kind of a skill gap that I think holds some people back. So um, if people do want help with that. So one, I, I, I post a lot of free stuff in general. Um, so I have two, I would say two main social media pages, one on Instagram, one on TikTok called at training strong women. And that has like my face on it. So you can know it's me. And then I have my own podcast called the baddest lifter podcast, which is really just focused on helping beginner lifters, you know, thrive and get started in their training journey without the focus on the weight on the scale. So like for people who have questions, you're not sure where to start. um, And you like longer form kind of content that I, I would recommend the podcast because I have 200 plus episodes now on like different struggles beginner lifters have and kind of try to solve all their problems so that they can thrive in the gym. Um, in terms of working with me, I have a one-on-one program. It's called the baddest lifter program. If you're interested, you can send me a message. And normally I like to meet up first and have a call to make sure we're like a good fit to work together. Uh, you understand how the program works because online is a little different than in person. And, uh, yeah, if you want to get stronger instead of focusing on the way in the scale, uh, yeah, let me know. We can chat. All right. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come here and share some thoughts on this topic. And I'll definitely be sharing more about that. I love having people that I can refer people to when they're looking for lifting content um, that is not going to interfere with their their non-diet weight neutral approach that they've decided to adopt for themselves. Because so much of the content out there is just even if it's really good content, it still often brings in that weight loss aspect and focus on calories and burning, you know, and taking yeah, off body yeah. fat. And it's nice to have other people that I can uh, refer people to. So definitely check out his, uh, his content there. And, um, Great. Yeah, well, thanks I want to be again. clear. There's, there's. Oh yeah, no. I'm ha- thanks for having me. I just want to mention there's no before and after photos. There's no weight on the scale. I'm not going to ask you what your weight is. So if you want to kind of keep your life weight neutral, that's like. That's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just to be clear. I, I so like I know that. like a lot of trainers don't do that, but like I know that's yeah. Uh, I just wanted to like add that in there as well. But no, thanks yeah. for having me. I, I appreciate the conversation. All right. Well, thanks again. <laughs>